there, just popping in at the top to warn you that this podcast episode may include some language that's inappropriate for young ears. And as always, there will be spoilers ahead. Now enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to Tear Jerkers, the mostly comedic podcast where we rate movies on a teardrop scale. Because sometimes you just need a good cry, and we're here to tell you where to find it. I'm actor-writer and a person who is grateful my father has never run for office, Maybell. And I'm recent holiday enthusiast, Kimia. Today we'll discuss holiday closeting, high parental expectations, and hot lesbian doctors and blazers. It's Hulu's 2020 holiday movie, Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. And also Dan Levy, who I love. The cast is totally star-studded. There are noted queers, Kristen Stewart, Dan Levy, Aubrey Plaza, and Victor Garber, but also Mary Steenbergen, Alison Brie, and Mary Holland. And then we'll be finishing up with What Made You Cry This Week. But before all that, Kimia, I actually heard about this movie from you. You sent me a link to the trailer, and I watched it that day, and I was so excited. I actually watched the movie the day after it came out, which was last Wednesday, the 25th of November. Um, How did you come to hear about it? I read about it on Autostraddle, which is where I hear about every cool thing I've ever heard about in my life. (laughs) That makes all the perfect sense in the world, to be honest. What did the Autostraddle piece say? Uh, Heather Hogan wrote several pieces about it. I think I first read about it in mid-November, and I've been excited to see it ever since. I'll go ahead and tell you all what it's about. On a whim, Harper invites her girlfriend Abby home for Christmas. Abby's planning on proposing until she learns Harper hasn't come out to her family and they have to pretend to be straight platonic roommates so they don't make waves before her father's run for mayor. I see. Yes. So that is the holiday closeting that we were mentioning earlier. The holiday closeting. (laughs) And Abby is played by Kristen Stewart and Harper is played by Mackenzie Davis. So I, I know that especially when it comes to Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza in movies, I will forget to call them by their characters' names and I'll just start calling them <laughs> by the actor names. So I just want to like clarify up top, uh, Abby and Kristen Stewart, those, that's the casting, and then Harper is Mackenzie Davis, and I think Aubrey Plaza plays a character named Riley. Riley. Who, it's Riley, who yeah. it comes out later is uh, Harper's ex from high school. But, but before we get into all of the discussions about the movie, we should probably take a quick break. This episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by Coming Out. Maybelle, do you have any cute holiday coming out stories? Um, yes, yes, I actually do. Sorry, at first my mind went to thinking about like the traditional coming out to your parents story, which like mine wasn't particularly like holiday cute, but mm-hmm. my other my first coming out story is actually very cute and very holiday oriented so my story is from when I was a sophomore in college and I was maybe like six months into feeling comfortable with my identity as a non-heterosexual person and I went back to my hometown for the holiday session to reconnect with some friends you know visit my family and my group of like high school theater nerds that I hung out with all got together at this coffee shop. And like, we even ran into one person who wasn't initially like a part of the reunion. And she ended up joining us that afternoon. And like towards the end of the afternoon after my best friend had left, the rest of us were chatting and we just kind of all in a cascade ended up coming out to each other. Like Mm -hmm. one girl was like, oh, well I have this new girlfriend. And like, we were like, oh, you, but me, but you and me. And like, just all across the table, we were like, oh, wow. Like now that we're not in high school and we're all comfortable with ourselves. Like we all came out to each other at the exact same time. And it was really fun. And then because my best friend wasn't uh, there at that moment. And she, I believe is actually heterosexual, which is fine. Of course, I still love her. Um, Anyway, so she had missed the big, like, you know, happy cascade of coming outs. So since Mm. she was going to be hosting the New Year's Eve party the next day, I thought, oh, we should come up with like a fun way for all of us to come out to her because she missed all of us coming out to each other. So I started up like a very... I mean, I think it was like the beginnings of Google Docs back then. So I started up Mm -hmm. a Google Doc that we shared with each other and we made a little booklet 
called All Your Friends Are Gay. And we oh. each like wrote a little page about ourselves and like put in little flags about whatever queer orientations we felt that we identified with at the time. And mm-hmm. like we filled a little book of just like, you know, I think there were maybe five or six of us at that meetup. And we were all going to the party the next night. So I just like made this quick book, had everybody submit a page on it and then printed it out, stuck it in a binder. And we presented it to her the next night at her party. And she still has that book. And it's just kind of like a wonderful little story. Um, That's so cute. That is actually my, my like best coming out story. And I'm really glad that I got to use it for this episode. That's really sweet. <laughs> I've had not that experience, but I've also come to realize that most of my friends from high school and even middle school are now so, so, so incredibly queer. Mm-hmm. And there's like the one token straight friend. <laughs> yeah. So straight. Yeah. And so sweet. <laughs> but I've heard it's not like that for every gay person. Yes. I have other friends who are like, no, I was definitely the only gay. Yeah. I, I mean, you, also, you and I also grew people. up in like a fairly liberal town that was really yeah. large. We had... Mm-hmm we probably knew out people in high school oh, yeah. and like there are tons of queer teenagers who never have the experience of actually knowing another person who's queer. We have that sort of like liberal coastal privilege in that we weren't completely alone in that. Yeah. Um, do you have any like specific coming out stories you want to share? Um, not any that are cute. Okay. I'm sorry. Like, I hogged, really I hogged the ad about. break. No, no, that's, it was it was wonderful. I I want to see the little the little zine, and I want to like adapt it into um like a book. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's <laughs> you could sweet. use to to come out to someone. <laughs> and I I was also imagining like <laughs> you and all of your friends sitting the one straight uninformed friend down and be like, we all collectively have something to tell you. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. That's so bonkers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is bonkers, but it was also delightful. Like, I'm really glad I got to have that experience with my friends. That's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I loved it. Did you have any, like, preliminary thoughts that you wanted to get out? Um... Oh my God, it was so tense. It was. It was very tense. Wow. I thought it would be more like, oops, we almost got caught being gay. Like mm-hmm. more of that kind yeah. of tension and less like Harper's family is horrible. They're horrible. Except for Mary Holland, who plays Jane. Oh, Jane. Oh, my God. I want to adopt Jane. Jane belongs in my family. Jane does not belong with those people. I know. Jane would thrive in your household. Yeah. Like, if she Jane had the would be like, I'm writing have, a book. <laughs> we would be like, please tell us about your book. I know. But, um, and then also, Jesus, like, poor Kristen Stewart. I know. Oh, my god. And Harper gosh. is not it's at all. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, Harper, like, at least should be like, hey, I'm having a lot of fun with my friends at this bar. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm, I really want to hang out with them while I'm here in town and I'm probably going to be out late. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, Harper you know, she just be more upfront so with all poorly. that kind of stuff. Just, yeah, Harper just stumbles and stumbles and stumbles. Yeah, I think... And it, at some point it does seem like like you're doing this on purpose. You're yeah. not making mistakes. You're like, you really don't care. So, like, in the overarching stuff about the film... Um, there were two things that I wanted to talk about. One was mm-hmm. that um, this movie had like a lot of very strong reactions online as soon as it came out. Oh my out. God. Yeah. And um, some of them I took a little bit of an issue with because a lot of it was people being like, you should really watch out. This movie is like so upsetting. And I'm like, there are definitely upsetting parts, especially like being forced back into the closet can be very upsetting and triggering for people. So I get that. But also like movies are supposed to have conflict 
And sometimes I feel like people react to movies having conflict and character development as if it means that the movie is flawed itself rather than that the Mm -hmm. characters are flawed and that they have to grow in order for the plot to progress. And so Mm -hmm. there were times when I would read some like criticisms that people had of this movie and I kind of felt like, oh, I mean, sure, Harper does behave poorly, but like. Someone has to, otherwise there's no movie, you know? Yeah. But um, something that actually kind of got me back around onto um, a little bit more of a sympathetic track with the people who were detracting from the movie, um, I read someone's analysis of it as like tonally confused because it does seem to want to be the jovial holiday rom-com where it's like on the level with like the Christmas Prince or like the switched... Vanessa Hudgens like princess move princess switch or whatever like like it seemed like it wanted to be on that level of like superficial like not particularly serious and then it had this other like current of very serious very like emotionally um tense and fraught Mm -hmm. moments of queer life and Mm -hmm. I think that the person whose writing I read, um, they had a point that like the movie was a little bit confused in that. So if you're not like flexible in your watching, it could mm-hmm. probably not be enjoyable if if you really just want the jovial stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't mind it. I don't. I didn't mind the conflict and the tension. I actually liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my secondary comment on how this movie was written in a broad, overarching sense is that. Um, I actually didn't notice this until the end, really, or like in the third act, but it's actually unusual for the protagonist to be Abby's character. Usually the protagonist is the character who's messing up, who doesn't realize what she's got in front of her, you know, Mm -hmm. like usually in the rom-com you know, you have to see the protagonist screw up the relationship and then have to do the romantic gesture to get back the object of their affection. And in this movie, the the protagonist played by Kristen Stewart, Abby does nothing wrong. Like the whole movie, mm-hmm. every single thing that happens is not her fault. And she just is reacting to the poor behavior of everybody around her. And the movie is still interesting in that way, but I just thought it was I thought it was odd to make that choice because I feel like in some ways they decided that Kristen Stewart was going to be the main character and then wrote around that rather Mm -hmm. than exploring a character who's deeply flawed, who has issues around family and the holidays and queerness and then overcoming that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why, why a lot of people hate Harper and I mean, I, most of the movie I was like, fuck Harper. She's behaving so poorly Um, is because it's not her narrative. So she doesn't get to have narrative control over like over her choices. She, you don't see her growth as well, Mm -hmm. but Abby has so little growth, you know, she's kind of perfect. Yeah. The only thing she could have done, I mean, and if there wouldn't be a movie if she did, but like she could have seen earlier on like, Oh, this isn't really how I want to spend these few days, but my partner does, and that's cool. I'm going to go home and take care of those animals, and yeah. then, like, we'll have our own thing later. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's okay. Like, hey, you enjoy your time with your family. I love you. I'll see you later. Yeah. And then, you know, there wouldn't have been a movie, so. Exactly. That's, that's another case of, wow, if everybody had communicated properly, <laughs> then there would be no movie for people to watch and complain about. If only you had just been perfect and had <laughs> foresight. Yeah. Incredibly perfect foresight. And exactly. And had been I don't know it's fiction it's fiction exactly I I I do have to like work to let some of that stuff go Uh um I love fiction so much and then I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you it's almost as if you were written to cause conflict (laughs) (laughs) and and yes and yes they they were were, indeed that is actually like the drive of most western fiction is character (laughs) conflict begetting plot (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to touch on those things because people did have a very strong reaction to this movie and I had thoughts about their reactions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I've like kind of tried to stay out of that Mm -hmm. because I, uh, partly because I didn't want to like have too many ideas about how the movie was going to go before Mm -hmm. I watched it. Yeah. And also I had seen something someone was criticizing the critics 
saying like, stop calling Harper um, toxic. Like, like this isn't easy. <laughs> it's not, yeah. She's not in a good position. Like, give her a little bit of slack. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, she fucks up a lot, but that's true. Like, yeah. I mean, most like, of the time yes, in, yikes. in a also, rom-com, you know, one of the characters has to mess up in order for there to be a plot. Like, yeah. Especially in a rom-com where the couple starts as a couple, like this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit different in the rom-coms where, like, there's a meet-cue and then, like, a will-they-won't-they they kind of plot line. Mm-hmm. But this is not that type of rom-com. It's the type of rom-com about, like, an existing relationship building and then you know, kind of getting destroyed and then coming back together again. So like Mm -hmm. someone has to mess up or else there is no movie because they're already together. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing, another trope of holiday movies that I really love is that there's always one person in a pair who's like super into Christmas and then the other person who Uh. does not like Christmas. Rather than just two normal people, you can only have two, one of two extreme reactions to the holiday season (laughs) And mm-hmm. no, no middle ground. Mm-mm. No, no, because then it wouldn't be Christmassy enough or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, did you cry? I did, but um, that came a little bit later towards, you know, yeah. the more emotional climaxes of the movie. Um, especially actually when Abby, who of the pair is predictably the not into Christmas one. Um, She does, she has this monologue after she and Harper essentially break up where she talks about how the reason why she's not into Christmas is because after her parents died, when she was 19, she couldn't think about the holidays without getting really sad because her parents loved Christmas. And so her first 18 Christmases were delightful and happy and like a beautiful part of her childhood And so that part, yeah, the tears were rolling down my face during that monologue Mm -hmm. and the scene where she's talking to her best friend played by Dan Levy, who I have a few notes on him. (laughs) I love him. I I love his character. He's so silly. Um, He's wonderful. I love that at the beginning when Abby's talking about wanting to propose to Harper, he calls a lesbian marriage heteronormative. Like, (laughs) yeah. Hilarious. That is the height of comedy is telling gay people when they get married that they're being heteronormative. Um, And like he fulfills that rom-com trope of the gay best friend who literally has no life of his own and lives to serve the plot of like the, the hapless female protagonist. And that would be problematic, but because this is a holiday gay movie, there are like three other gay people. So I don't mind that that is the trope for for John. I think it's yeah, his name. like <laughs> he is the sassy gay best friend. He is like a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, but um, only but a little bit. Also, and, the best friend and like way more invested in the protagonist's love life than like any gay man is invested in a lesbian love life. <laughs> like yeah, and <laughs> and he does have like no nothing else going on except. In the beginning, they mentioned that he manages authors, and then at the end, he's managing yes. Jane as an yes. author. That's like it. You I know, love that. There, and I don't care. I know I love that. Too. It was really like well, just like sprinkled in for a second. That's the only bit about his own life. That and the fact that he has a therapist whose relationship with him is probably not ethical. Um, <laughs> and um, but like yeah, he mentions that he manages authors. And then mm-hmm. they show him sitting next to Jane at Christmas. And I'm like, how are they getting paired off together? Because, you know, everybody has to be paired off in some way, whether or not it's in, mm-hmm. like, a relationship. So they got yeah. paired off. And I was like, how was that working? And then they show the epilogue of her being a published author. And he's sitting next to her at the author's signing table. And I was like, oh, yes, I love it. That's brilliant. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with him existing only to serve the main characters I'm 100% okay with him being the sassy gay best friend trope yeah he's perfect he's wonderful this is unproblematic it it is uh, we state that it's unproblematic and as two people who are not gay men I think we have the authority as experts (laughs) um yeah so I mean a lot of my notes are just poor Jane and poor Abby (laughs) 
Like, oh my these God. two women are victimized by this family. Jane, okay, I love that Jane had her found family moment I with know. John. That was cool. That was beautiful. Also, Jane is not treated well. Jane's outburst after Sloan, who's played by Allison Brie, and, um, and Harper, like, start fighting, and they destroy her painting. Her outburst was so beautiful. I was tearing up it was really good and i felt for her so much it was so genuine and true to her character and they could have done the thing like where she's because like she says i don't have any secrets but i'm an ally Mm -hmm. and they could have said they could have had first had her say like i'm a rocket scientist and (laughs) i didn't want to tell you guys because i knew you wouldn't believe in me or you know like yeah they could have had her like subvert her like goofy thing Mm -hmm. and they didn't and I also liked that that she's just sweet genuine sincere Jane and not elegant just constantly shit on she's not elegant she's wonderful okay she's not elegant like she's a character in a movie so in that way yeah she's dressed by a person whose job it is to dress for sure you know, so like, but even the I was way, like, okay, whatever. They did a great job of, I think, costuming her in a way where it's mm-hmm. like she does look good. Like she's still mm-hmm. in a movie, but she still yeah. looks out of place with this like inordinately elegant family. And yeah. um, and the scene at the big hall, like one of the earlier holiday parties, the one in black where everyone's wearing a black dress you see the three sisters dresses which you know were picked out by the mom and jane gets the nastiest ugliest dress of the three of them i didn't notice oh i i always notice shit like that i'm always looking at costumes um speaking of uh the way that abby's dressed for most of the movie i'm like that is a lesbian that is so clearly a lesbian she doesn't even try to not look like a lesbian and it's amazing why would she? She probably doesn't own any That's true. like clothes that mm-hmm. she could use to costume herself and she wouldn't have brought them because she didn't know she had to be closeted. Exactly. That's definitely fair. And like speaking of the costuming, um the way that the mom was costumed. I loved all of her dresses. She looked fierce, she looked fabulous. And mm. when she is introduced and in, like, the first two lines, she undermines Harper's sense of her, like, attractiveness, I immediately was like, I hate this woman. Like, as soon as she said something about, like, oh, did you bring concealer, though? I was like, I hate, hate you. <laughs> Dead to me. But I love the actor who plays her. She's brilliant. I, I do yeah. really like her. She did a great job. Um, yeah, that moment got a, yeah, I, I was like, oh woof okay lady yeah i was like oh this does not bode well for Mm -hmm. what this family dynamic is and it did it the family dynamic (laughs) sucked oh my god they were terrible to each other um terrible i actually did think that seeing that the seeing the mom and sloan um allison brie again uh seeing how terrible they were to the rest of the family actually (sighs) set up a kind of nice payoff for, like, the return at the end towards, like, oh, they realized that they were being absolute horrible people and had a change of heart, you know, the, like, magical holiday change of heart that so many holiday movies are after. Um, So, like, seeing that improvement was nice because they started somewhere and they ended at a different point rather than just kind of being in the middle the whole time. I actually thought Sloane's secret was that she was addicted to painkillers or something because I'm sorry, but like she's so tight and rigid and just like so in control in a way where I immediately was like, she's hiding something because you don't act like that if you don't have anything to hide. So I kind of figured it was like, I don't know, pill bopping or something, which like no judgment. I just kind of thought that that would be Sloane's thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they, they expose that it's like, she has a separation from her husband. And I'm like, that's, I mean, that's fair. It, I mean, I guess she would act that uptight because he has to be there and she's not usually around him anymore. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. But yeah, I definitely thought she was like addicted to something. She just, she just yeah. was too, too controlled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She is not warm. No. No, not, not even a little bit. Um, 
<laughs> there is like one person who's entirely warm and it's Jane. And then like mm-hmm. um, Kristen Stewart has some warmth and John has some warmth mm-hmm. and Riley has a little bit of warmth, but it's like, it's still very like, cool. yeah. Oh, let's talk about Riley. Let's talk let's about talk Aubrey about Plaza in those blazers and that <sighs> red lipstick. Oh, every time, every time Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza were on screen together, I was just like, I want them to like, just run off into the sunset together. You know, like, okay, why the fuck did it take so long for Harper to apologize to Riley? Harper should have apologized to Riley, like, as soon as she could have not like in adulthood after all this stuff has happened yeah maybe like she went to college and realized that that was way 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 fucked up not just like i regretted it but like that was really fucked up and she should have apologized like years ago that's true i agree with you but i think part of harper's whole deal is that she can't face her shame and Mm. so like that's why she behaves so poorly throughout the whole movie is because she she doesn't know how to like both be the person that her parents want to be and be a good person at the same time. Mm. Um, Yeah. Also, because if she had made up with Riley before the events of the movie, then there would be no additional tension when Riley and uh, Abby start hanging out. There, there's still X tension. Yeah, there's some, there's some, but I'm just saying like, like movies, drama, theater, it's all about raising the stakes. You, you yeah. know, make the stakes Ugh. the stakiest they can stake, you know? But if they just are good people, then there's no stakes and there's no movie. Yeah, yeah But I exactly. still want it. I still want it. Um, I guess that's why I like movies. Yeah. No, I get you. Um, I, I want to see just, like, I just want to see them all hanging out, cracking jokes, being fun and gay. Yeah. So as for, like, specific tear-up moments, there was an additional like tearing up for me for when the mom does the monologue to the father at the end of the movie. It's like the third or fourth monologue in a row. So I was a little (laughs) bit burnt out, but Mm -hmm. it was good. Like she recognized her faults. She recognized their problems as parents. And, you know, sometimes it could just be really cathartic to watch parents in other, in media, um, admit that they already messed up. And that they mm-hmm. maybe didn't do the best job as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's unrealistic and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I think, I think really I like mostly teared up for Jane's outburst and then really cried during Abby's monologue about her parents loving Christmas and then John's monologue back about how like Harper's issues have nothing to do with Abby, which is true. Like Harper's Mm -hmm. issues about coming out have nothing to do with Abby. Um, They just unfortunately put her in the crosshairs of all of her bad behavior. Yeah. It's not just like my parents, I'm pretty sure my parents are homophobic and they expect me to be perfect. It's like my parents are homophobic and they expect me to be so incredibly perfect and mm-hmm. they're so fucking nuts and mm-hmm. there's so much competition with my so- sisters and it's just just so much it's so much i can't yeah. imagine it's it sounds like a really awful family dynamic to go back to every oh year my God. for the holidays I love my siblings Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah, you, I mean, you guys have the best dynamic and your parents never did any of the shit that, um, that the two parents in this movie did. No, my parents were very incredibly normal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my family's... So normal. Normal. Yeah. Um, Just regular and loving. Speaking of normal and not acting normal... How many times do they mention that Abby's parents died? And like, oh my god, it's so, so weird about it. Like, and like, half of the comedy of the movie was about how these people could not behave. Like, they just <laughs> brought it go. up over and over again, and in the worst way, and like with no proper handling around the situation. Just abysmal, <laughs> abysmal. And it was like, it was 10 years ago. It's not, um, 
fresh. No. It's not fresh. It's not... they. She doesn't need any therapizing from them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, sympathy. They could have said one thing of, like, oh, we're so glad you're here. Uh, We heard that your parents passed and that's so sad, but you're welcome to spend the holidays with us. We're happy to have you. That's... And then just left it at that. Yeah. But, no, they made a big deal out of it. They had a whole hugging thing as if, like, her parents had died the week before... Even then, even if her parents had died one week before the events of this movie, it is not appropriate how they reacted. Like, I know you and I have both had a lot of experience losing loved ones. So, like, we kind of know how to act towards a person who's recently lost a loved one. And let's just say it is never making it about your own emotional distress about the news. Like, that's never the appropriate reaction. Like, yeah. having a reaction that is more dramatic than the person who lost someone close to them is not okay. Um, no. Yeah. Like, you should always take your cues off of how the person who's lost someone is acting. It's so... Oh, it's so hard. It's so much. It's so awkward. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the only part that made me tear up I didn't even really tear up but when Harper is coming out under duress sort of Mm -hmm. and then she's kind of apologizing to Abby and Abby says it's too late Mm. that part I was like I I kind of got a little emotional Mm -hmm. and I was like so I don't know I liked seeing that Abby didn't waffle Mm-hmm. Yeah. She like stuck to her guns and she was like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I have to leave. This is so much. Goodbye. It is a lot. And it's fine that they reconciled. Mm-hmm. I really, really wish that they had shown a little bit more like healing. Mm-hmm. Because that scene, holy fuck, that was messed up. And the parents' reaction was messed up. They didn't say, we love you. Yeah. I don't think they said it at all. Yeah. In the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, that's Probably. kind of their whole thing. I but think they just, said it towards that's the like, end. It's like part of the script. When your kid comes out to you, even if you're homophobic, if you want that kid in your life, you need to say, I love you. Even if you say, like, I'm going to take some time with this or... I don't know how I feel about this or, oh my God, this is really hard and scary. You still say, I love you. <laughs> yes. It's just, it was just so hard to not see that. I know. I, I agree. So, I mean, yeah, they were basically like, okay, uh, give us a minute. Yeah. Like, they were just like, but they didn't even say that. They just left. They just left the room. <laughs> and like It was so horrible. And I really wish they had shown a little bit more healing, especially um, between Harper and Abby and mm-hmm. have shown like the moment of forgiveness instead mm-hmm. of just kind of skipping ahead to like, everything's okay now we're engaged. Yeah. Happily yeah. Ever after. Also the grand romantic gesture wasn't particularly grand, you know, she was Harper just kind of like follows Abby and John to the gas station. And she mentions that John taught. Oh, oh, one other element of John's personal life is that he stalks all of his friends by tracking them through their phones. So that was cute. um, Yeah. So like in a way, Harper's grand romantic gesture is like cyber stalking Abby and then, and then like showing up wherever she is to be like, I love you. Don't, don't leave me. Please give me another chance. And then she goes, okay. Yeah. Um, and like, as a person who does not particularly care for grand romantic gestures, I was left a little wanting in that scene. Um, I would, I would have liked a little bit more fanfare and silliness. Yeah. Or, or even if they had changed the ending so that it wasn't a cyber stalking thing, Mm -hmm. or maybe it was, but there was like, like a a little more room for, Mm -hmm. um, the preparation of a grand gesture and then the execution of the grand gesture. Yeah. But I also understand because they didn't really set up a lot of things for Abby to be moved by. Like Abby herself doesn't have like a lot of interests and personality traits other than that her parents died and she's a lesbian. Um, (laughs) Which I mean, Kristen Stewart did her best with, 
with the given circumstances, you know? Poor Kristen Stewart. Um, I mean, I will watch any media where Kristen Stewart has to pretend to be straight. I think it's funny every time. That's a lie. I just like watching Kristen Stewart. <laughs> She's so gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm almost ready to wrap up. I just wanted okay. to bring attention to one line that I had to quote in my notes because I thought it was really funny. It's from the scene where Sloane and Harper are like dragging each other around the house to prevent the other from telling their secret. And uh, Allison Brie turns around and yells at Kristen Stewart, stay out of this, Sappho. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, that was wonderful. I love that. It was hilarious. Um, I love, it was like, an absolutely homophobic thing to say, it but was. then they also like didn't use a slur. Yeah, it was, so it was funny. It was homophobic, but it was also really funny. It was so funny. It just walks that line, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna use that endearingly amongst my friends. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to. I wanted to end on that. I thought it was really funny, even though it was slightly homophobic. Yeah, that was a great line. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Why those two sisters who are supposed to be in competition both behave so poorly? They did not have a whispered fight. They did not say, we have to brawl. Let's go outside so the guests don't see. Like, they just duke it out in the messiest and horriblest and childishest way possible. That It makes them both look bad. It does. I think it's the comedy. Like, honestly. It's, it, it, it's a movie. It I wouldn't have to be funny otherwise. But I honestly I, thought that Sloane had figured out that they were lesbians way before she walked in on them. Yeah, there was that moment at the party where Sloane looks over and Kristen Stewart's making that, like, I'm so horny face. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, she was also like, wait, you moved into Harper's one-bedroom one apartment? Bed- yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, the, I'm living in the pantry. So like, like, what? <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, but maybe it was just so absurd that a woman could be a lesbian. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it is always fun to watch Alice and Brie in a cat fight. Like that's that's why they made a whole series about it. It's called Glow. Wait, What series? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Although her character is very different. Her character is like completely different. Alice and Brie is a phenomenal actor who can play many different types of roles. Um, But she is always great to watch in a physical fight. Like she has that face. Yeah, I love I love watching her fight in Glow or in like like a couple episodes of Community and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's just funny. I don't know why. I just love watching her like knock out knock out another petite brunette. <laughs> Although Harper is not petite, she was the tallest She's person tall. in the whole movie. She's so tall. She's so tall. <sighs> okay, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I I think I've said everything that I noted. I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I liked it, but okay. like not because I think it's a good film, but just because I like watching Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza being gay, even if they're not being gay at each other. Um, you know, like Ooh, I'll, I'll just sit bitch. down for two hours of that. Like, I yeah. don't need a plot. <laughs> so I think that wraps up our discussion portion. But before we move on to ratings, Kimia, can you read the rating scale, please? I will. One teardrop, bone dry. Two teardrops, I could see myself crying, but I didn't this time. Three teardrops, it got me a little or made me tear up. Four teardrops, I cried. And five teardrops is full sobbing. All right, so in that scale, what would you rate Happiest Season, Kimia? I have to give this a single teardrop. Mm -hmm. I didn't cry, I didn't really tear up at all. And I don't think I would. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think I would watch this again. It was <laughs> it was too tense for me to really enjoy, and it didn't have the emotional healing that I needed to see to get the catharsis or the the connection or any of that. So I didn't cry. I'm not going to cry. I definitely know that other people would cry. I've read other people's responses, and they cried. Yeah, I cried. A little bit. Like, not a lot. Um... Yeah, I'm giving this movie a 3.25 because I it did get me a little. Like, no lie, I 
I did have tears going down my face at least at one point. So like it did mm. get me, but it wasn't like a huge cry and it wasn't like super emotional. Um, but also I don't, like I said, it was totally confused. Like the more mm-hmm. it, I feel like if it made me cry more, I would have liked it less, you know? Interesting. Like, okay. Like most of the time with the holiday rom-coms, I'm not really looking to have a big old tear fest. Like maybe right. like if I do cry, that's an anomaly even for the mm-hmm. big romantic gesture, like ending portion. Like usually mm-hmm. I am looking for the more lighthearted, fun, like will they, won't they slash like, oh no, they might catch us kissing in the closet, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like maybe the fact that I cried it does detract from the movie a little bit. Because like you said, I think a lot of people were watching this movie expecting the superficial mm-hmm. and um, and nobody was really expecting the much more serious tones of like, conflict in the movie Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm giving it a 3.25 i think i would watch it again but just because i can't get over the eye candy in this movie for me personally (laughs) like not because i think that it's like a phenomenal film you know but that's maybe i would play it watch maybe i would play with the sound off so i could just enjoy (laughs) the eye candy and not have any of the tension i think i would just mute any scene where the mom is present or um or sloan Oh, also, actually, we did not touch on this movie's very, very poor handling of race. I just want to I just want to at least mention that, like, we did not touch on this topic at all. It's a very white movie with only like three people of color in it who are treated very poorly by the narrative. Um, And that's a whole different conversation for another podcast. But I just wanted to say I did notice that. um, And I'm not going to just let them off the hook for that either. Um, yeah, they really fucked that up. Yeah, they didn't do a great job with how they handled no. race. No, no, no not very didn't. good. Um, it was not good. Yes. However, uh, Kristen Stewart, nice to look at. Aubrey Plaza, nice to look at. And oftentimes, <laughs> that's all I really need. <laughs> Before we wrap up with what made you cry this week, let's take a break. This week's episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by bonding with your girlfriend's hot ex. Or, since neither of us have had that experience, I guess it's just meeting somebody with a mutual ex or something. I did meet my ex's ex, and I befriended her. Oh! And it was great. No, you're... Yes, you did. You brought her to my Christmas party last year. I did. It was like I did do that, and that's when we realized that we had dated the same person. Yeah, we were, were like in the elevator and up to your place, and I was like texting you to say like we didn't need you to come down and get us. We got on the building just fine, um, and I was like not really paying attention. And she was like, "Hey, so I think we dated the same person." And I was like, "What? Like I haven't dated that many people. Mm-hmm. What?" And then she said their name, and I was like, "Oh, the fuck, what?" Yeah, yeah. What did you and then we spent like several hours at the party talking about that experience and how bizarre that was and how incredibly messed up that person's family is <laughs> dragged. No, I remember. I mean, I was there at my party, you were so there. I I would jump in and out of that conversation cuz it was not just about the ex that you both dated, but kind of about like his whole group of friends who I have dated two people in that friend group. So it was kind of like a, like all of us dogpiling shit, talking this one group of guys. And yes, we did. We did bond over those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend befriending your ex's exes. I agree. I agree. If there was a dating app for that specifically. <gasps> is that not every gay dating app? <laughs> that is actually every gay version of Tinder. Like Lex, her grinder. What's the other one? Scruff. All dating apps <laughs> I've never used because I, I think the only dating app I've ever used was Bumble, and that was to try to use the BFF function. Anyway, disaster. I'll tell you that story a different time. Uh, okay. Anyway, but yeah, pretty much every every circle of queers is like your friends with all of your exes' exes, and sometimes also your ex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's enough about Xing. Let's get back to the show. It's time to close the show today, Maybell. So, what made you cry this week? So, this week's What Made Me Cry is a cry of laughter. 
Um, so it's all happy tears all around. However, um, it is also because I behaved poorly and I did something that really, really, really frustrated my partner. So, okay. So I have this really bad habit of not shopping for myself until one month away from my birthday and or Christmas. Like I'm very good at being frugal for 80% of the year. I don't buy myself stuff. I have the self-restraint to avoid purchasing impulse things for myself. Um, but I have this bad habit of coming through the door, maybe like two weeks before my birthday, being like, hey babe, look at this thing I bought myself on a whim and pulling out something that my partner fully expected that they would get to give me for my birthday two weeks later. Like this has happened multiple times, multiple times to the point where we've had to instate a rule that a month before Christmas and a month before my birthday, I'm not allowed to buy things for myself. I can only do holiday shopping and, or if I want to buy something, I have to ask ahead of time and like get permission, which sounds bad. I not only love to give things to people, I also like to buy myself things, but only in the month of December. Yeah. Um, so, so today I went to a bookstore to do some holiday shopping and I was picking up a book for my brother. Um, and while I was there, a book caught my eye that I hadn't heard about that had come out by someone that I love. Um, uh, it's like a, you know, one of those celebrity memoir things, which usually I'm not into, but this is a celebrity that I find, I mean, celebrities kind of outblown anyway. Um, so this book caught my eye and I was like, oh, you know, I think it's fine if I buy it. I like, I didn't even hear about it coming out and it came out a little while ago. So I doubt my partner heard about it and got it for me. Um, besides, this is like a signed edition. And look at how nice the signature is on the book plate <laughs> of this one. And um, and so I go, I go to the register and I purchase it along with the book that I got for my brother. And then I go to pick up my partner from work and I'm sheepishly bring up. So I bought myself something and <laughs> and he goes, what was it? And I'm like, well, I also bought a Christmas gift for my brother. And he's like, what did you get? What did you get? And I told him, I got, I want to be where the normal people are. And he was like, holy fuck, Mabel, how? Why? Why did you do that? Who is it by? It's by Rachel Bloom, who is one of the co-creators of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, who I really like. I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I have a lot of thoughts on it. If you ever want to tweet at me about that, um, I'm always down to talk Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Anyway, so it's by the creator and star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, Rachel Bloom, who was, you know, a middle school drama kid just like me. So mm -hmm. um, I picked it up and I flipped through it. I read a few pages. I thought it was cool and I wanted to buy it. So I bought it and I broke the rule and... Um, I cried a little bit because I made my partner so angry, <laughs> but it is the silliest situation. He knows me so well and he's so good at shopping for me. Yeah. You know? And he's so wonderful and so sweet. Yeah. It, it's hard not to buy stuff for yourself in December because there's so much cool stuff that I has, know, they're like, so is good out. at getting you. They get you. It, December is like, uh. So good. Yeah. I, I. Holiday shopping, they just, like, know all the tricks. They pull out all the, like, psycho babble to, like, make you want to spend your money. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so I broke the shopping rule, and I frustrated my partner, but the way that he handled it was so nice and also a little bit funny, and it made me tear up. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, very sweet. <laughs> like... This particular conflict in your relationship is very cute. <laughs> as far as conflicts go, it is like, it's like the holiday rom-com of conflicts. Yeah. You know? We have yes, a perfect relationship, essentially. <laughs> okay, so that's my what made me cry. What made you cry this week? 
back in August, I ordered something from Autostraddle's fundraiser. Okay, this episode also brought to you by Autostraddle. <laughs> Loki. But I ordered something from their fundraiser, and it came in the mail this weekend. It was called the Collage and Museum of Good Clean Fun. And I was like, what's that? I don't know. That, that sounds super fun. I'll order it. And it came, and it was one of the most thoughtfully made things that I have ever seen in my life. It was a little handmade booklet with pockets that had like little flat things like it had a a few pretty rocks and some stickers and a little postage stamp and it had polaroids in it and it was so sweet it had a very sweet and genuine letter that made me feel a little emotional and I totally expected it to be fun but it was also very moving and I was so touched and felt like so connected to the stranger who had made it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm gonna write Linnea from Autostraddle an email about how sweet that was and that sounds so delightful like yeah as far as fundraising things go like that really really cemented my relationship with Autostraddle I've never felt like connected to a publication but yeah that that created a bond more than like the print that that I ordered Mm -hmm. the print is beautiful but this was really sweet touch of the handmade yeah. Oh, I love that. That is that is like so pure, delightful. Yeah. It was really sweet. I'll show you. Next time I see you, I'll bring it because it's really sweet and I just want everyone to see it. It's adorable. Well, I think that's all, folks. Did you like The Happiest Season? Or did you feel like Abby should have told Harper to fuck off and gone off to Mary Riley? Because that's how I felt. Anyway. <laughs> Agree with me by hitting us up on Twitter at tearjerkers <laughs> underscore pod or disagree with me. If you want to, at your own peril. <laughs> or please don't threaten the listeners. I'll do my best. And you can join the conversation with other listeners on Facebook at Tearjerkers Community. And if you want to send us a voice memo with your movie nomination and why that film made you cry, you can send that to tearjerkers.podcast at gmail.com. If you have the time, please, please, please give us a five-star review and a rating on whatever podcatching app you use to listen to us. It just helps us reach more ears, and, you know, the more ears we reach, the better we do as a podcast. And don't forget to subscribe or favorite so you can be sure to catch the next episode. And as always, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell someone you know who loves Christmas rom-coms about this episode. Or if you know anyone who's addicted to watching Kristen Stewart pretend to be straight, tell them to tune in. Tear Jerkers is produced by me, Maybell Shinizu, and co-hosted by me and Kimia Ranchbron. The wizard behind our intro music, editing hero of this podcast, and our associate producer is Gage Pryor. You can find more of his tunes at soundcloud.com slash please. Thanks for listening, and befriend your ex's exes. It can't go wrong. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>